You are listening to I Can't, I Have Rehearsal, a community theater podcast. A backstage look at community theater from the point of view of the cast and crew. Hello, theater family! I'm Travis. And I'm Laura. And welcome to another installment of I Can't, I Have Rehearsal, a community theater podcast. So, Laura, today we're going to be talking about theater power couples. Ooh, power. I know, right? So, speaking of theater power couples, in our area, one of our coolest theater power couples is CJ Anderson and Lauren Nickish. Thank you and welcome. Hi. Thank you. Thank you. We really appreciate you guys coming in to talk to us today. I know it's the, the schedule of a theater power couple must be so crazy, right? so I'm glad you guys <laughs> take some time. It, it is, yes. And, and theater power couples never stop. Doing theater. No, they don't. All day long, day after <laughs> days. <laughs> yeah. So, speaking of that, why don't you guys give us a little um, background in your experience with theater? You know, where does it come from? How'd you get started? That kind of thing. And we'll, we'll start with you, Lauren. And okay. I, I always said I started theater when I was nine years old, and I wrote my play, The Wonderful Tale of the Prince and Princess. And then Ooh. I organized the neighborhood kids to be actors in the play, <laughs> and I built the set out on the clothesline with blankets and clothespins. Perfect. And um, I was the director. I rehearsed the the actors. Uh-huh. And uh, of course, I had a cameo role. Oh, of course. I, of course. I, I, yeah. Wanted to be the princess, <laughs> but that was too big. So I, oh, I was, oh, too big. Yeah, <laughs> and then at intermission, I ran into the house and had all the windows open and played piano for intermission entertainment. No and then came back out and we, we finished the show. Oh when did you start so, playing piano? When I was seven. Oh, okay. Wow. And I always thought that was probably my my first theatrical yeah. foray. But my mother informed me some, just decade ago, she said, no, you, the first time you were on stage, it was a mother-daughter fashion show no in way. our little town where I we, I grew up for a while. And, uh-huh. and she said, so we were dressed alike, and um, she carried me down the runway, and we did our little turn mm-hmm. and went back and, and got off the runway, and I said... Again. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. Perfect. So CJ, how about you? How did you kind of get started? Uh, I chose my parents wisely. You chose (laughs) wisely. (laughs) Uh, My father was a sound engineer for a motion picture studio in Saint Paul, and I was a cute kid. So at the age of four, I started my motion picture career. Uh, we did um, f- commercials for motion picture theaters. You know, you'd go oh, to sure. the Saturday uh-huh. matinee, and and I'd sell you everything from milk, doughboy toys, <laughs> the U.S. Navy. Uh-huh. Oh man, I would, I just advertised everything, and so I became a starting at four. So I was the neighborhood hero. The kids would all go to see Hopalong Cassidy and, mm-hmm. and me on the, the, movie on the silver screen at the movie. And then they'd come back and go, oh, you were great, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started school, and it was so wonderful when my mother would come to school and pull me out of class because mm-hmm. I had makeup, rehearsal, oh, sure. you know, the blocking, everything. <laughs> I know, right? like, so geez. I got to oh. miss a lot of school, <laughs> <laughs> and which was great. So finally the school said, look, why don't you just 
put the shows on here. So mm -hmm. that's started my writing and directing career. Uh, I was a disruptive student, so they were happy to CJ, don't uh, Craig, don't you have a a play to rehearse? Oh yes, I do. And so I would leave and be gone for the rest of the day. So that was really fun. And that just continued on through high school, college, okay. uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, oh, and after I stepped out from behind the camera at the motion picture studio, mm -hmm. I loved to go back into the shop area mm -hmm. and, you know, mess around mess with the technical yeah. stuff sure. and the sound booth mm -hmm. and go in the dark room where it was real dark mm -hmm. and you couldn't see anything and they wouldn't let you out till the film had been through the soup yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway <clears throat> so that's uh and then i then i uh moved to Greece for 11 years and got involved in theater over there and met a lot of famous people wow. and directors and that's where theater actually came from and then I came back to Minnesota and Pequot Lakes and met this lady and we <laughs> became a powerful theatrical <laughs> power couple. We were yes. powerful theatrical individuals right. before that. How many times can we say theater power couple in this episode? I don't know. Well, I we, we should make a game out <laughs> of it. We should make a game. <laughs> TPC is a yeah. theater power. If you happen to have an alcoholic beverage, <laughs> drink every time we say theater power couple. Oh, there's another one for you. Okay. <laughs> uh, but if you're truly a theatrical person, you'd have your bottle of water and you'd oh, have to take yeah. a sip each time. Or your throat coat tea or whatever you got going on. So um, as artists individually, I mean, I know you guys have been involved in all facets. You've been on the stage. Mm -hmm. You've been off the stage. You've been, you know, CJ's done a lot of special effects work. Um, Lauren's done directing of musicals as an artistic director and as a vocal director. Yeah. So when you guys are looking at shows and you're going to be a part of something or someone maybe approaches you to help them with, you know, your own, with theirs that they're putting on, um, what do you look for in that show, you know, whether it be you performing in it if you're going to audition or if you're being asked to direct or produce or vocal direct or, you know, what what things does a show need to have to really kind of spark? I, if I'm asked, I usually just say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like fun. Um, yeah. Uh, like if it doesn't like a play, if what, what usually pops out in a good show for you? Or in a musical, or you know, well, a song. music, musicals. Um, yeah, I just I look for fun, fun music. I don't know. I've mm -hmm. really, I really just say yes, and then jump in, and and we go from there. Yeah. Um, there's so many variables mm -hmm. from you know wanting to work with this director or the opportunity to work with those actors or this part is one that I think I would fit well or you know that that's. Too many variables. Mm -hmm. Just say yes. Exactly. So you guys work a lot mm -hmm. with the Pequot Lakes Community Theater. You're heavily involved up there. We live up there. Live currently. up there too, currently. Mm -hmm. Maybe looking at relocating <laughs> Brainerd <laughs> at some point. Oh, well, I've done a lot of Brainerd Theater yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Since yeah. 1979, I would have been involved in Brainerd Theater. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Long time. And, and, and Pequot since 1989. Wow. So, yeah. 
I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> no. And no. And I've done shows down here too, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. So when you guys were looking at, like, for example, I know the first time I ever worked with Lauren, she was mm-hmm. my director for Beauty and the Beast. And that, I think, that show is a great example of these two collaborating on something together because Mm -hmm. CJ was also the special effects for that show. So when when you guys were going through that process, you know, what was that like bringing that together? I know it was a long road. We, we started, well, you talk about power, powerhouse couples. I mean, we sit on the, we, our house is little. We don't have room for a sofa. We have a love seat. So we are right next to each other. Mm -hmm. And for a year and a half or more before, uh, Beauty and the Beast ever came to the stage, we're sitting there and, and one will pop up, one of us will pop up and say, you know, what about this for Lumiere? And the other will say, oh, no, that's a horrible idea. Or, or, <laughs> or they'll say, what about that? And, well, that might work, but what if we did it this way? Mm-hmm. And then, that won't work, this won't work, that won't work. Oh, but maybe this will. And then it comes back down and, and you get, get the plan together so um it's amazing how many decisions were made Mm -hmm. on that love seat at noon or at midnight sure you know but we talked about it a lot or we'd see something we'd go we went on a trip and uh we went to las vegas actually and walked through the the paris hotel complex and and cj says now that's the village and (laughs) you know it's a setting a cafe Uh setting where patrons were coming in to get their their uh, croissant or whatever, and yeah, we took pictures of it and said, yeah, we're going to show this to our our set designer Tim Leegeld and say this is kind of what we're mm-hmm. we're going for. Looking for it. So it it it's Stuff not comes time in. that you set aside. Sure. It's mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. It's life. Yep. And uh, X Man surplus, bless them. Uh, I've lived there all my life. It's been there for three quarters of a century now, down in Saint Paul. And you just walk in there and you walk out with Lumiere, um, the <laughs> everything in a bag. Um, so fans, motors, lights, everything. I find when you go to any place like need. that, you even get inspiration for other shows. Oh, absolutely. Like, oh, that piece, I could add that with this and that and that and put it together and make, oh, yeah. you know, you should make wonderful see my, theater. You it's should totally. see our basement. Uh, I understand. Can barely get down there. Uh Yeah, well, you should see our garage. We have (laughs) Don Don Quixote uh, Uh, from Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, he's in the garage. He's he's a a robot donkey that Maurice used in Beauty and the Beast, and he smiles at us every time we pull in. Oh my gosh, that's, I would just love to see that. I haven't been able to give him to any other production uh-huh. because, you know, everybody else for Maurice's machine, they just have a wood-cutting axe uh-huh. or something. And I try to explain that this is a robot donkey that eats wood on one end and poops out finished lumber on the <laughs> other end, and oh they goodness. just can't understand. Yeah. I remember when we first saw that. Like, yeah. The first rehearsal we used it. Oh, no. Hilarious. <laughs> that donkey's tail goes up. Uh, oh, and knows. And then like, it just pops right yeah. out the end. I mean. That's funny. Mm-hmm. But you know, this is, this is the case too though with the power couple that, um, I mean, that was a way out there idea. 
for Beauty and the Beast, you don't see it often, and you it's don't like see it ever. you don't see it at, ever. <laughs> yeah, just this this one time, or whoever would like to buy Don Quixote from us, we'd be happy <laughs> to, yes. to let you share the experience. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, you have to kind of, as the other half of the couple, take a gulp and trust, uh-huh. trust mm-hmm. in, trust in instinct the and, instinct and yeah. the experience, and yeah. yep. I think it went over well. <laughs> it People went, laughed. It went oh, over yeah. great. It took me about a month to get Lumiere's hands to work, and another month to convince you I wasn't really going to light you on fire. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You're a candlestick. You never, know what's gonna, <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. So, so moving oh, on, yeah. um, just touching on your uh, acting experience, Lauren, um, I know being a solar performer is just... It's a new experience. It's something different. Um, not many people are comfortable doing it. Um, what inspired you to do it, and how did you approach the solo performance, and how was it for you, your experience? What inspired me to do it was a master's degree. My, <laughs> the play Hepzibeth, Woman of Iron, mm-hmm. is my master's project. And I wanted to go back to school, and I wanted to study theater, and I was interested in writing, and... Um, I thought, what what kind of project could I do that would combine those things? Well, write a play, act it, do it without too many other ramifications. So I guess I'll be the actor. Mm-hmm. And um, my my aunt uh, inspired me in the direction to go with it. Uh, the family ancestors discovered the Misabi Iron Range back in the the 1890s, and the story had always been told from the point of view of the, the men going out on their exploratory discoveries. And, and she said, we should tell it from the women's point of view. So I picked my great, great, great grandmother, Hepzibeth, uh, to tell the story. And I played, play her as an 84 year old woman. And she go, we go back through time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to do historical research on her and I, the family, because they had this famous um, connection to history, had saved a lot of paperwork and had them archived at historic uh, places, uh, Minnesota History mm-hmm. uh, Museum and the Northeastern Minnesota History Center. Um, so I could do, do a lot of that uh, research, which was a joy for me because anything that I found out was my family, so mm-hmm. I was yeah. I was learning. But then culling through, when I first started out, I thought, "Am I going to find enough to make a play, a whole play out of, play it. Out of it?" Um, but luckily, I I did. And then I had to decide what was I going to include, and what was historically accurate, and what was somebody's misrecollection. Sometimes I would find two or three stories of the same event and each one was different and you had to figure out which one was the right one or which one I wanted to go with. And then I had to get the writing done mm-hmm. and then I had to approach it as an actor. And I, a lot of people think, oh, it must have been easy for you to memorize a 90-minute production mm-hmm. um, because you wrote it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be easy, but it it wasn't. It was one of the hardest things I had. I bet. Uh, time I had memorizing lines because I would remember back from this draft and then I had changed it to that draft oh, and now yeah. it was this draft and you know needed to to put that together so that was the challenge 
And then it wasn't until after my first performance of Hepzibeth mm -hmm. that I realized what a risk I took. <laughs> because it's about my family, it's my writing, it's me doing the acting. If they hadn't liked it, whoa! <laughs> I could have been squashed like a bug. I got nobody to blame but, but myself and but my, my family. And myself and my family. How did you bounce it off? Um, did you have a lot of people see you while you rehearsed or? Um, I worked with, I've had several different directors for the show, which has helped it to grow over the, the years. Um, when I was writing it, I had groups of friends come and, and listen. Mm -hmm. And um, I discovered in that process, if, if one person didn't like something, I could consider it. If two people didn't like something, then I'd make a change. Because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, people can can jerk you this way or that way, sure. and you've got to stay true to your yourself and your vision as well. But mm -hmm. there are things that obviously need to be fixed. And because you you're holding the whole show, like you, yourself, and you. On stage. <laughs> on stage yeah. for 90 minutes. How were you able to maintain that without breaking? Um, I just do it. Uh, you just yeah. you just do it. You get in the groove, mm -hmm. and you do it. Um, there have been times where I've thought, I don't know where to go next. Mm -hmm. What's coming up next? And if you're on stage with other actors, they'll you throw you always, a line. Yeah. They'll throw you a bone. You'll get mm -hmm. it figured out. Um, with Hepzibeth, she drinks some tea while she thinks about this a little bit. Uh -huh. And since she's 84, we fig I figure it's probably okay. She probably... Would Takes be thinking about yeah. it, you know. Mm -hmm. So you just have to make it part of the acting and go on. What would you um, suggest for anyone approaching solo performance work? Um, gosh, it's it's a monkey on your back because again, when you rehearse, you rehearse alone. You can mm -hmm. rehearse anytime you want, and sometimes that's harder than having. No, I can't because I have rehearsal, uh, you know, uh -huh. scheduled in. So I, yeah, be ready to be disciplined. Most most of the uh, <clears throat> solo performances we've seen, many of which involve women, like the ones you've just come from, um, are very personal. Mm -hmm. mm. They're family stories or things that the people have personally been involved with. Uh, Occasionally, you get Don Shelby doing Mark Twain tonight, or sure. something like that. Sure, but the the personal family ones are the most common, and and you've got and that gives you the background. You've lived it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can connect with it because right. you have that. <clears throat> True. Now, when they did the um, they had the CL at CLC last year. They had the theater. Um, the community theater festival. Yep, the um, the, the Minnesota Association of Community Theaters, the MACT Fest. Yeah, right? yeah, I believe that's what mm -hmm. it was. Um, there was a there was a solo performer. Yep. During the festival, and they did a the whole elf? yeah. Yeah. It was like I don't know the Chronicles of a Christmas Elf or something. I forget what it is, but it's all about like a department store. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Elf, who's been hired, and like his story of working with like the different Santa Clauses and, yep. you know, and stuff like that in the department stores. And it was really like, 
it was interesting, uh-huh. you know, but I don't, like, it's on my bucket list to do a solo performance maybe at some point Me in my too, life. Was that his original work or was that? No, it, no, wasn't, it was just a play to memorize. It was yeah. somebody's at one point. Yeah. Mm. I believe they wrote yeah. it from their experience. Yeah. You know, having that job and they made it into this. It was a, it was a comedy mm-hmm. it was, and it was good. And like throughout the thing, he was basically like building a Christmas tree out of these boxes yeah. and putting lights on it. And it was, it was interesting, but yeah, I, I could see where being a solo performer, you know, cause you're right when you're on stage and like in the show that I'm in right now, there's mm-hmm. at one point there's 10 of us on stage, you yeah. know, and yeah. we're all able to, there's a lot of dialogue, but if somebody kind of falls back and they're thinking about it, it's easy to just kind of, whoever knows it first can just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. get well, you back also into the it. other solo performer that uh, came, it was one of the cultural art series programs, I believe. Um, oh, the, um, the, the military uh, one. Right? Was it military? He was a um, uh, was a lawyer. No, my memory's so bad right now. Just, well, it's, <laughs> like, it's okay. You, 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 you've got you've got the baby brain. Okay, that's baby okay. Brain, yeah. But yeah, so solo anyway. performing. I mean, well, and I the other thing is, you were saying about you know you have other people backstage. That that whole camaraderie, mm-hmm. the whole building of energy, the you know all of that. When you're a solo performer. You have to do that yep. for yourself. You, you and your your roadie up. and your stage manager. I've been lucky to have CJ as a roadie and stage manager and, and other close friends that have come along mm-hmm. and helped backstage. And you really rely on those people. Sure. Definitely. So CJ, let's turn to you yep. a little bit. I want to talk about a little bit about your experience with special effects. When um, in college... I studied science and engineering and that kind of stuff. So, uh, and like I say, backstage at the film studio. My father went on to win an Academy Award in 1984, the year of his retirement. And uh, um, he he also was an engineer and a, a scientist. So when I was in Greece, I lived in Thessaly, uh, up in Mount Pelion, and got involved with the Volos Community Theater up there. Vol- Volos Municipal Theater. It's a town of a quarter million people, big city, third largest in Greece. And um, started uh, doing special effects for the theater. Um, they, they heard that there was an engineer living up in the mountains with thea- theatrical experience and a laboratory up there, which I had. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I started getting contracts for building things. So I, I created a company called Craig Anderson Magic Engineering, uh, Magic Effects Laboratory of Thessaly, Camelot. And so when I came back to America in 1997, um, I changed the T from Thessaly to theater. So Mm. Camelot still exists. And I still have a laboratory. Mm -hmm. And I still uh, build lots of mostly electrical things. But uh, mechanical things too. And... uh, um, 
That's not my main thrust in sure. theater. I like to act as well. Sure. And, um, but uh, I, I kind of split my time between acting and tech directing. Mm. And as tech director, also, I love to do shows mm -hmm. that are heavy on special effects. Uh, I would love to do Young Frankenstein, but... But your husband is there. So <laughs> yeah, he's kind of cornered that market. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, um, and we've got some things coming up this year that are going to be very special effects heavy. So, oh, yeah. So I'm focused on them. Oh, yeah. So do you have maybe a special effect that you've designed that you would consider like your favorite thus far? You yeah. know, not even maybe for like Pequot or just any at, at any point in your career that you're just really proud of that you thought was really cool. Oh yeah, uh, in Greece, in one show, there were these. There are these two scam artists, and they carry with them a suitcase labeled paraphernalia. And at the end of the show, they open it up, and it's a whole discotheque in a suitcase. <laughs> oh, yeah? It lights up the entire theater. Stuff's flashing and sparkling and flying around and uh -huh. spinning and everything else. And that took me a couple of months to design and build. Cool. Um, I loved the Lumiere hands. That's, I'm, that's I'm partial favorite. to those. Yeah. That, took, yeah. that took us a long time to get the airflow right yeah. and, and to get the, the fan speeds correct and sure. to get the lighting right and to find the battery pack and all of that to make those work. But I wanted that flame effect. I've seen Lumieres out there with just a couple of light bulbs. Uh -huh. Yeah. And no, it wasn't going to be. to have that. that motion. It had to look <laughs> like fire. Brings a different dimension to oh, it, yes. for real. Yeah. I mean, so. we even resurfaced those this holiday season. We I wore them in the... Um, yeah. The holiday parade up in Pequot, oh, the Parade of Lights. Yeah. yeah. So everybody has to kind of dress up with some kind of lighted yeah, yeah. costume or whatever. And the first thing I thought of was <laughs> CJ, like, yeah. let's dig those hands out. And yeah. You know, yeah. and you know, when it's like negative 10 outside and there's Ew, like cold yeah. air blowing oh. on your hands, <laughs> <laughs> it's not the most comfortable experience. Yeah, but afterwards I mean, you're kind of regretting. Yeah. <laughs> even when I was like walking down the street, though, like little kids are like, those are the hands from the play. Oh, oh that's sure. Lumiere again. You know, like it was so much fun. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. yeah. So those have been like a really well received, you know, even just like community. They're just a staple. Well, they sure. still exist if anybody out there is <laughs> looking for Lumiere. I mean, if anybody does ever go to buy them from you, though, just invite me over to say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> right. Before they make their final descent to their new owner, just let me know. Going away party. Well, they were fun. So Lauren is actually the current chair for the Great Lakes Area Performing Arts, which the Pequot Lakes Community Theater is part of that umbrella. Mm -hmm. Lapa makes up the umbrella, and the community theater is just one portion of what yep. that company has to offer. So Lauren, what's it like, you know, on top of, you know, having a one-woman show that you can do and being a vocal director in some aspects and an artistic director, mm -hmm. what's it like to chair a whole... A whole group like that. Well, I've been a part of Galapa for several decades and um, working in, in various configurations, um, often with the production board, um, heading those things up, taking on responsibilities for scheduling yeah. and arranging. And as the chair this year, that's, uh, 
even intensified more. Um, I, I spend four or five hours a day doing doing Glapa work, getting um, helping with programming, setting up uh, projects that we have as goals for our, our grant awards for community theater. Mm -hmm. um, and of course it doesn't, it's, it takes a village, so it's yeah. not—it's mm -hmm. not just me. We have a very active board. We're—we're we're very lucky that we have as many people involved as um, as we do. Each each taking on projects and making sure that we we continue to move forward. So, um, if you have listeners who are interested and would like to be a volunteer <laughs> working on committees or on the board itself, we. Give us a call. Come on down. 218-568-9200. Give us a call. Give us a call. Leave your, your name or www.glapa.info. G-L-A-P-A. Greater Lakes in. Area Performing Arts. I love that. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. All right, now for our next segment. Theater Family Questions. So these are the questions that we ask every guest. Yep. Or guests okay. in this, in this you know instance here, so we'd like to keep some continuity. So we're just we like to get everyone's take on these and get their different opinions and things like that. Um, so for the both of you, what do you think would be? Because you both have had roles on and off stage, what would you consider to be your favorite role thus far? This can be either on or off. You know, based on involvement overall, what would have been your favorite experience to date? You think role and show. Oh, I don't know. I have a lot of favorites. I'll say a lot of them fast rather than just doing one. Okay, okay. I'll allow it. This my my first favorite. One, one, first, second, and third. Or? <laughs> well, I'll go. I'll go in order okay, of, okay, okay. Uh, in chronological order. Okay. Perfect. Um, my first favorite was Miss Hannigan and Annie. Okay. And yeah, I got to do Annie twice, two different productions, two different iterations, mm -hmm. some years apart. That was great fun. Uh, another favorite, it was uh, Mother Superior in Nonsense. Oh, fun. sure. Okay, these were all what was called Brainerd Community College Theater okay. back sure. in the day, yep. but Central Heard Lakes College, now in Brainerd, Minnesota. Um, another really great experience was playing Mama Rose in Gypsy oh. uh, at yeah. the Brainerd production. Um, I love playing Golda in Fiddler, a Pequot mm -hmm. production. Um, that was that was fabulously fun. I do enjoy Hepzibeth, Woman of Iron. Um, she's played many productions over 25 years now. It's been so, wow. Yeah, she's she's really grown um, <laughs> in in character. Um, what have I? Oh, there's just so many. It's, I've, we've done uh, murder mystery dinner theater productions that I co-wrote with my friend Nancy Waller, and we we played roles in that. That was great fun learning about improv and how to bring a convention hall of uh, drunk uh, <laughs> <laughs> people along with you in oh, the story. Yeah, um, yeah there's been a, a, a multitude of, of adventures, yeah. a lot of cool. favorites. How about for you, sir? My, f uh, just in order. Um, I my favorite role was uh, Captain Morton in Mister Roberts. Even though I directed the show, it came down to the point that uh, nobody auditioned who was as nasty and irascible 
as I was. <laughs> um, when you got it, you got I, it. You know, listen, I love playing heavies, and he and he was played by Jimmy Cagney in the movie. He's one of the heaviest of the heavies. So I got to play Captain Morton. He was great. Um, I enjoyed playing King Sextimus in Once Upon Ooh. a Mattress because mm. I was off book on the first day since he does everything in mime. He can't speak. Well, and oh. I played Queen Agravine. And she played Queen Agravine. So I was the talker and he was the mute <laughs> yeah. until the very end. So everything uh. had to be mimed, and that was a lot of fun. And uh, then I enjoyed uh, playing uh, Carlino, the, the crook in Wait Until Dark down at CLC. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Bill Muso was the other crook. And uh, uh, we were terrorizing a blind girl uh, until we all got killed. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty resonant what I'm going through right now. All right, so next question. What is your dream role or show that you'd love to be a part of in any aspect? My upcoming dream role is The Little Mermaid. I'm looking forward to being a mentor and a vocal director in, in that show. Oh, so she just officially so accepted that role, just I so did. you're aware. <laughs> I've recorded prior, it. Yep. Prior to that, um, vocal director for Susical coming up. That'll be exciting, too. Yeah, we have a really good mm-hmm. season planned we next really year. really do. I'm and there is buzz in this area about it. I mean, you know, people have kind of found out, and things are actually, like, legally official that we can talk about them and things like <laughs> people are freaking out i mean i've had tons of people come and be like i picked out my audition song yeah <laughs> and i'm like it's literally like 18 months away but good uh, yeah. for you <laughs> keep up that good work yeah, <laughs> yeah i think better time. be just crack it yeah. off by the time you're done I have a bucket list. Uh, I've scratched off a few. I did mm-hmm. Norman Thayer in On Golden Pond. Sure. With, That's um, a family favorite of mine. With Laura Oldham uh, as my wife. We mm-hmm. did, And then they did it again here in Brainerd. Mm-hmm. We did it in Randall. So that one's gone. Uh, one of the only heavies left for me. I'd like to do Thenardier if anybody ever does Les Mis. Um, I know. So, I know. That's a Les Mis is a big one. It's a big one. That is a big Mm -hmm. one. I've heard rumors of people trying to maybe do it. It Not here, but adjacent. Yeah, the staging just isn't here. We don't have anywhere to do it. Yeah, Yeah, it's big. But uh, so Thenardier is out there maybe someday. I don't know. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed because I know a lot of people would really love to either see that show happen in the area or be a part of it for Mm -hmm. sure. So now that we've gone through some of your roles and dream roles, based on the experience you've had, do you guys have any super embarrassing moments throughout the years? Like (laughs) if there's something that just sticks out in your mind that every time you get on stage, you're like, like, God, I hope that doesn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well... I've I've had a couple of things. Um, I will I'll, I'll I'll limit it to this one. Yes. I played Jack's mother in Into the Woods. Okay. And I will tell you that there were entire new verses 
that Jack mo- Jack's mother sang about that damn cow. <laughs> that actually rhymed. And when I exited stage, I had castmates backstage saying, you know, I, I never heard those words before. <laughs> you know, but they rhymed, they fit, they got the job done, and, and I was out of there. Check it Sometimes off. Sometimes it's hard. <laughs> I mean, people, we talk about, you know, Into the Woods is one of my bucket list shows. I wanted, yeah. I wanted to play Baker forever. Mm-hmm. But people say, like, Sondheim is it's that so was music. the hardest musical I have ever been a part of, That's and what they I'm say. and I'm a professional, educational master's degree musician. Yeah. Um, it, that's a tough one. I don't know. I don't think so. I wouldn't. I mean, every time you sing into the woods and out of the woods, there's a few different words, and you can never remember which one you are on. Mm-hmm. That's the one show that. I would be backstage, mm-hmm. and everybody backstage, and we're all counting measures oh, because yeah. you couldn't count on the person in front of you to come in at the correct time, <laughs> and so you you had to. Yeah. They were going sixty four, two, yeah. three, four, sixty five, two. Yeah. Yeah. writes with a shotgun. Yeah, he just puts a piece of graph paper like, up on the I wall, and, <laughs> and that's the note. There's the note. Sing <laughs> it out, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so CJ, how about you? Anything yeah. that sticks out? Oh, nothing all that particular. Uh, I played um, the king in Cinderella. I was mm-hmm. the prince's father. And so I was constantly popping on and off stage in different outfits uh, in one point, usually with no pants. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, so at... You have to say that was... Planned. Well, yes. Okay, okay. It, it Not that you forgot your pants. We're talking no. embarrassing yeah. moments here. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. The first two shows I did here, I did pantsless. Uh, underwear's always funny. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, at one point, and I don't even think the director, you, knew about it, um, I was supposed to come out uh, in a bathrobe or something, uh, drinking my beer, and Jack came to ask, or not Jack, uh, the the prince came to ask me to borrow my secret service. And I thought it was the last act. So I came out in my full wedding regalia and everything else, realized I'm on stage in the wrong costume in the wrong scene. So I quick started to undress as if I was just trying it on (laughs) (laughs) to get ready for the wedding. Oh, yes, uh, you can borrow my secret service. Oh, man. So that's that dream that every actor has. The actor's nightmare dream where you're in the wrong costume yeah. you don't know even what your next line is in the yeah. show that you never rehearsed for exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had that fear in Spamalot because I had to change so much oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I was me like too. I hope because if the girl that was helping me like if she wasn't there with the right costume right. I was like oh no what do but I do the other girls weren't changing at the same time you're like wait what <laughs> what am I doing here <laughs> what's going on alright so next up what is your inspiration for being a part of community theater and what inspires you to continue doing community theater I love the challenge and the collaboration and I that's what inspires me is the challenge of you put yourself out there Mm -hmm. can I do this can I learn it can I make it happen can I uh, imagine 
the blocking for it, whatever my, my role is in that particular show, it's, it's the challenge. Can I do it? And, and do we get the job done? So that challenge and the appreciation of an audience when you've met that challenge, it's, that's frosting on the cake, but it's the, the challenge itself and trying to meet the challenge that keeps me going. And the, the collaboration. You know, so the power couple here collaborating on the love seat mm -hmm. um, is fun. Working with all different types of people on stage, backstage, uh, you know, around the community, trying to get a show uh, publicized. Uh, it it takes a whole city of people to make that make it happen, and and everybody's contribution counts, and I I like that. For you, uh, for 20 years, my main thrust has been to keep the theater going. I mean, literally, uh, ordering lights, uh, teaching technicians every year how to run the soundboard, the light board, uh, the rigging system, everything else, uh, and safety. So, I've been doing that for a long time. Now, I have a uh, a mentee that's taking it over and uh, so I will mentor him for the next uh, year and uh, transfer the the crown the baton. transfer the duties yeah it over. exactly well you you can't do this stuff forever and mm -hmm. you better have a plan B because you're gonna get hit by a bus someday and uh, <laughs> the theater can't stop Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and show must go on. Yeah, mm -hmm. we're lucky we have so much theater in the area. There's a lot of call for trained oh, yeah. people and people willing to to do the work. So oh, there's um, a lot of interest yeah. in people yeah. that actually want to do it. Well, there's four yeah. times as many people backstage as there are on stage. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, and uh, they've got to get the knowledge from somewhere. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, we talked a little earlier about this, so this is the question we ask everybody that's kind of interesting. <laughs> so if you had to think about, you know, there's a blender in front of you, and I have, to, <laughs> I have to put all these people in this blender to make the smoothie that is me, you know, where I draw my inspirations from, you know, what I aspire about. Who, I think who would make up that smoothie? Or, yeah. yeah. Who would do that for you guys, you think? Make CJ go first. I still can't think of who it should be. <laughs> I love heavies, and ever since Barchester Chronicles, I have been in love with Alan Rickman, and I sure. was so sad when he died. Yeah. But I've followed everything that he's ever done. Even Severus Snape, he, oh, he yeah. was good. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so as far as heavies go, he, he was my all-time favorite. So I... Grind him up into a nice black nice CJ <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow. Portion. Portion. Um, I'd say Angela Lansbury and Meryl Streep. Ooh, Ooh. that is a put, great combo. Put that together. Yeah, I would drink yep. that. Yeah, I've, I've always wanted to have the Angela Lansbury part in Sweeney Todd. Mm -hmm. And um, what about Annie Wilkes? Well, she's a character, though. No, I don't mean the, the character. I mean the actress whose name I can't think of. At the oh, Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates. She always gets my parts. I don't know if I yeah. want her in my <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, she's a part of you. 
<laughs> There's always one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She beats me out every time. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's kind of transition yes. into. I mean, we've been talking about the topic I think throughout, just because it's you know hard not to get on. It really is. There's they're both sitting here, but we're talking about theater power couples. Oh, take a drink. Take a drink. <laughs> get everything. This is this is water break for water everybody. Break. <laughs> um, so what do you think? to be a theater power couple. What is that, you know, what does it take? What is it, you know, what level of, you know, you mentioned trust earlier in the other person. Like, I assume that it's 100% trust and there can't be anything less than that. After a little discussion, perhaps. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. They're the, the Hollywood theater power couples have a very high divorce rate. You know, <laughs> well, those are well, only actor couples. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're we're finishing up seventeen years of marriage. We didn't mm-hmm. meet till after he came back from Greece, and I invited him out on a date after um, Cinderella. Cinderella. Yeah, he was moaning and groaning about what was he going to do now that the show was done. And I said, well, we could go to a movie, and <laughs> and we did. Um, but that's where we met on Cinderella. I bossed him around for for six months. Uh, as the director, and he was the special effects and the actor guy, and and uh, he liked it and came back for more, I guess. So, <laughs> well, well we realized during that show that together we were a power couple. Um, I took care of the mechanical, electrical stuff and did the comedy roles, and you bossed everybody around. Yeah. So, <laughs> Do you find that it helps to have different like um, roles? In theater, as a power couple, yeah, yeah, not so competitive. You know, I don't argue with you about directorial decisions, and you don't argue with me about uh, Ohm's law. You know, well, yeah, <clears throat> collaboration. Like I said, collaboration is is the key. So that's kind of leads us into the next. You guys basically said you started collaborating together. Really, from the time that you yeah. met, we we met. Well, actually, we met on stage. In, into the woods. Um, mm-hmm. I was on stage, and he was new to town. And it was discovered that he could do special effects. So the director at that show invited CJ to come and do that. And I saw him in the background, but we we didn't meet. And then in another year and a half or so later, I was directing Cinderella and knew I needed special effects, found out that that the CJ guy was still in town and contacted him. So we literally met in my living room for a production meeting for Cinderella, along with the rest of the production team. And we're still there. And we're still there. <laughs> Sitting on that same love seat. So when you guys first started collaborating together, were there, you know, did it take some time to kind of figure each other out yeah. and the styles in which you worked in? And It I, still does. It still does? I, I don't think so. I mean, it, it was very clear that... Very I was the boss. She was the boss. And... Uh, and I was the uh, implementer, so when she said, uh, you know, Lumiere needs hands, and, okay, I'll go. I'm on it. <laughs> I'm on it, boss. Yeah. No, we, 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 we just work well together. Yeah. We butt heads sometimes, and especially the, the things that we both think we know the most about, mm-hmm. those are the hardest things. Sure. The, the things that I know he's 
head and shoulders above me with sure. with knowledge um, that you know take it and run take it and run. run. Yep. But um, when yeah. you're on equal terms and it kind of and it's like yeah a little artistic decisions, decisions are yeah. hard. Technical oh, totally. decisions. Yeah. I, there's no argument. Science is science. Yeah. Do you find that you read plays or musicals differently? Or just like, you know, when you're um, trying to dissect a show? On occasion, artistically. I guess. Artistically, we might have different ideas. Um, I like darker yeah. stuff than she does. Mm-hmm. See different symbolism Disney. or different meanings and stuff? See, that's why Lauren and I are going to make a great team because we're both just like, give us Disney. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We'll make it it perfect, you know, it's going to be great. So what kind of advice would you give to other, you know, I would, I would like, think about if you were going to tell like Stephanie and I, because I think Stephanie and I maybe consider ourselves kind of like a theater power couple without actually being like a couple. Sure. You know, we call each other our theater wife and theater husband and we're both going to be very heavily involved in each other's productions that are coming up. So what kind of advice would you give to maybe us or other people working in that capacity, you know, on how to make sure you stay, stay with the end goal in mind and don't let everything kind of get in the way. Well, recognize each other's uh, areas of expertise, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, if it's going to be dancing, it's Stephanie. Oh, sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you could dance your way out of a wet paper. <laughs> <laughs> you can teach me how to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to bust a move for you, but you give me some choreography, I'll figure yeah. it out. But, uh, yes, everybody's got their own areas of, of expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Yeah, and, and along with the respect for their expertise is just respect for the, the person. When there is a problem, mm-hmm. it, you know, you have to approach it as there's this situation that needs clarification but it's not anybody's fault per se you know we have to to work together again it's that collaboration you can't do any like blaming or anything like that the blame game isn't a thing you have to just notice that this did happen it is a problem it's a problem let's fix it not worry about and and somebody has to make the final decision too so it does help to say uh you know I, i disagree totally with you but it's your show, so mm-hmm. we'll do decision. it that way. Yeah. Stephanie and I have had that mm-hmm. conversation because we've talked mm-hmm. about like our upcoming auditions and things for our two shows. And mm-hmm. I I basically told her, I said, look, I'll be at your auditions. I'm going to give you my opinions. Mm-hmm. But I said, at the end of the day, it's your show to cast, you know. I can't, you know, I'll advocate for some people if I think there's advocation that's needed. But, you know, at yeah. the end of the day, you go with your gut because it's your vision. And, you know, she said the same thing, vice versa. So we've already started to kind of, like, break down, like, the amount of involvement we want to have in the whole Mm -hmm. step of the process with each other. It never works any other way. Uh, Right. Yeah. If if there's a Rogers and there's a Hammerstein, you know, fine. They'll they'll work together for a while. Sure. Mm Mm-hmm. So are there any kind of projects or anything that you guys are working on currently that that you're excited about that you're collaborating on? We are collaborating on a, a partnership, a GLAPA partnership, Greater Lakes Area Performing Arts, is partnering with the Cross Lake Area Historical Society to have a, a haunted attraction mm-hmm. this coming October. 
So, uh, in preparation for which, we took a week and went to HauntCon in New Orleans. That's right. Louisiana, and yeah. attended many, many, many days of education and meeting yeah. with all the all the hot shoe haunters uh-huh. from all over the United States. You feel States. like you can scare an entire city? Oh, <laughs> we're working on it. We're working PhDs in fear psychology. Right? <laughs> yeah. One of our presenters oh, was. Really? Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we... And medical and EMT people, how to calm people down from panic oh. attacks. And uh, This was oh, heavy. Wow. It was major. Well, I learned wow. a lot. When he first said we have to go to Hong Kong, I... This is one of those moments when I thought, really, honey? Do we We're really going to yeah. do this? <laughs> and then I thought, well, he knows. Okay, yeah. here we go. And it was really interesting oh and informative. It's, and it's a multi-billion yeah. dollar industry. Oh, I'm That's sure. True, yeah. And, yeah, Absolutely. So now we're, we're designing attractions on our, our love seat <laughs> and, um, and figuring out how we're mm-hmm. going to bring in our glop of volunteers, how we're you know, going to put it all together. Um, we'll have a design team from Glapa as well, but we figured we would come in with some ideas to, to work from and then coordinate that with the Historical Society, and it should be an exciting event. Awesome. Yeah. We look forward to uh, that. Yeah. I'm sure everything yeah. will be extra scary and spooky with CJ on we the case. So. Well, yep. we're, we're writing scripts, and... Uh, We've we designing learned, effects. He is. We learned down there how to. Uh, I said, how do we make it uh, historical without turning it into a history tour? Sure. Because it's and, a pioneer village. It's and, that historical society's pioneer you know, we, village we, that we is want being to keep it haunted. Period. But we don't want it to be. Uh, and now over here, we don't want that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So we came up with ways to build storylines into the existing structure. It's not going to be your run-of-the-mill zombies. Let's oh, say that. No, it's yep. no jump scares. I love it. I love nothing's, it already. Nothing's going to pop out at you and go boo. <laughs> it's going to be worse than that. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> ah, How old do people have to be to attend this? <laughs> <laughs> they said. They they said, imagine a place where everything went horribly, horribly wrong. (laughs) There we go. There we go. Oh, my goodness. Enter CJ and Laura. Is an EMT available when I go? My heart might just... (laughs) All right, now to the really... Really fun. fun part. Yes. Oh, we're gonna play a little game to you guys. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, so speaking of haunted things. Now yeah, exactly. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, so this is a game that we call "Sell Me in a Minute." Yeah. Uh, and basically, what we're going to do is we are going to have you guys collaborate together to sell us a product. And collaborating meaning we're going to do one at a time. And it's just words. So one word, second word, third word. We'll oh, go back and forth. But you okay. both have to collaborate together to make the end result, which is mm-hmm. selling it to us. Selling it to us. <laughs> you get one okay. minute to do it. And we're going to give you a, a product. Okay. And you'll both be playing a character. So you're going to play the same character. Which is this is actually very appropriate. Yeah. Now that this, this is really good. <laughs> Two becoming one character. Exactly. Okay. In my head. I don't know yeah. Just, no, yeah. it happens. <laughs> so what you're going to be selling us is the idea of having Christmas lights year round, and you're going to be doing that as ghosts. 
So you have to speak like a ghost and sell us on the In idea. In your one word at each time. Yep. So we'll start with Lauren. She'll say the first word. You add another. And then she adds one. You add one. Yeah. <laughs> so get into that mindset here. 15 or 15 oh, that was my first word. I'm starting. Ooh. Oh, okay. okay. Well, we'll tell you when to go. Okay. Oh, Spoiler alert. Oh, right, first word right. is ooh. <laughs> so we'll get started in about five, four, three, two, one, go. Ooh. You... Really need lights <laughs> all the year long because beautiful <laughs> they are so attractive and, and helpful. At <laughs> us seeing what's be seeing <laughs> you as sleeping <laughs> beings. <laughs> perfect. Done. It's a Done. minute. Amazing. Oh, that was so perfect. I knew that would be fun. That was great. Thank you guys for indulging yes. us in that. <laughs> <laughs> and now for our Tricky. final yeah, thing that we do for everyone, final question for you guys. Um, what would you like to have our audience, what would you like to be the final word um, for our audience today? Um, what would you like to give them, either, either if it's advice or, um, you know, just anything? Doesn't have to be just one word. No. <laughs> no, this can be whatever you want. It can yes. be, a, you know, a... A mirror message of inspiration, exactly. anything you want. I My advice is if you've ever thought that theater could be kind of fun, but you're hanging back, my, my one word is just say yes. Go for it. Give it a try. Take a little step in a direction and challenge yourself and see what happens. Go for it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And remember, there are no absolutes. You, you can you can like to act, but you better know what the beam angle of a six by nine ellipsoidal is, too. <laughs> I, I I mean, I took the technical theater class that CJ put on, you know, this last fall, and it was very interesting to me. When we had Stephanie here, she was talking about like how the technical team sometimes they'll talk about the actors and be like don't they get it? Like, why are they asking that kind of question? <laughs> you know, but I was learning about things like in the Pequot theater when we were doing tech rehearsal. In order to get the lights to go down from a queue, you have to bring them up. You can like bring them back down and reset the queue. And I asked um, Jared, I'm like, so is that why when I'm standing up here sometimes everything just goes like real bright all of a sudden and then it gets real dark and... He's like, yeah, I'm resetting a cue. I'm like, that makes so much more sense to me now. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you yeah. think as an actor, it's like, what the heck are they doing? But it's like, no, that's what they have to do. You know, yeah. it's like, it's, there's always something to learn. True. Well, you you need to know how the things work that you're working with. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's uh, it's like being a, a an excellent surgeon and saying, is this a scalpel or what? Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, you guys, thank you yes. so much for coming here today and being a part of this. We're really excited that we could have you both here today our, to help us with this. Our pleasure. Thank yes, you. Thank <laughs> you very much. Yeah, Laura and I are pretty pretty excited about it. We've had a really good response so far yeah. just from people that have heard and listened, and we're, we're really excited about where we can take cool. it and go with it. So You guys are so much fun. Well, we, yeah. let's go do Thank something you. powerful. You exploded your egos down, so get yeah. out there and yeah. start yeah. creating again. <laughs> well, you guys, thank you again for listening to another episode of I Can't, I Have Rehearsal, a community theater podcast. Yep. And go out and enjoy your day. Yep. And next time we're going to have a very special guest. Yeah. We, your husband. My husband. George. George he's going to be here talking about some technical theater and set design and mm-hmm. technical theater design. And should be a good convo. Yep. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Have a great Thank day. You. Bye. Bye. Thanks.